0: Welcome to Houndsy, the Steel me podcast. I'm Dan Yost, and with me, to discuss all things Hounds this past week, the loss of Louisville and games coming up, I got Logan with me. Logan, what's good, my man?
1: Not not much. Hanging in there. Got a uh, got home, Just got home from a work happy hour, so, you know, feeling good.
0: Uh, where where feeling are work happy good. hours at these days?
1: So, we planned it, it was at PA Market in the Strip. Uh, they had like a second floor little food hall there, and then they had a, they call, I think I called it like the wine room or the wine library. Um, it was pretty bougie. It was it was very nice, well done by uh, by, by my accounting firm. Um, usually we do what we call a four fifteen party for uh, everybody that does the taxes. You know they're done, and we can go booze up, but we pushed it back this year a little bit and uh, had a good time. It was a very good time and uh, did the classic, you know, have a couple of drinks and kind of scoot out before anybody notices. So
0: this was on a Wednesday too, my man. That's uh, it was a little dangerous.
1: Yeah, we uh, we used to, we used to, you know, it used to be free flowing alcohol whenever we'd have an event, but we've had some uh, some issues in the past with that. So we uh, we're now capped it at a drink limit, which is probably for the better.
0: Probably uh, for the better. So
1: so I uh, I hit my limit and uh, I went home. Sounds good. I like
0: it. Uh, well, um, as mentioned in the lead off there. Uh, the Hounds did suffer a loss, two 0 loss at Louisville this past weekend. We're going to talk about that. We will talk about the upcoming upcoming game, excuse me there against uh, against Birmingham this forthcoming Saturday. but uh, we will kick it off with this this past uh, this past Saturday. Hounds go down to Louisville for the first time since 2020 when they opened Lynn Family Stadium with a win. but uh, unlike that night or that day, uh, it was a two 0 loss for uh, for Lilly and Company. Logan, what's your, uh, what are your, your top-line takeaways from, from last Saturday night?
1: Outplayed. Um, I mean, when you come at the king, you better not miss. And uh, Hounds didn't have anywhere close to the the energy, uh, the effort. Uh, I don't want to say skill, because I, th- I think the teams are evenly matched on a good day. But um, just, it's, <laughs> you know, it was, unfortunately it was kind of scripted. You kind of saw it coming. The Hounds, you know, past couple of years when they, they traveled to, to big games like that, haven't don't have the best record. Um, so unfortunately I think I kind of saw a, a Louisville something on the card um, and was hoping that I was wrong, but you know, you play, played a really good team um, showed signs, um, you know, gotten behind a little bit, but uh, at the end of the day, small mistakes that, that unfortunately you had to pay for and you didn't play anywhere near good enough to, to claw back from a, a two nothing lead and, Louisville's a, a hard enough team to beat, you know, straight up and give them two goals, and, and you're going to find yourself in a, in a rough position pretty quick.
0: Yeah, so the starting lineup, uh, Jamali Waite in net, uh, Jelani Peters, Ordonez, Wheat in the back, Biassi going left to right, Biassi, Griffin, Rivera, Forbes, Cicerone, Dequa, and Dixon, uh, your top line guys. Uh, the goals against... Uh, it starts with uh, Jamal wait with a, a when playing it out of the back goes, goes wrong. F- can't find the, the person he wants on the pass. Uh, it's a cheap little giveaway. A couple touches later, it's in the back net. And then later on, uh, a combination of maybe poor defending, uh weak midfield and a, a little bit of a deflection. And next thing you know, Louisville's up to nothing. Uh, anything you want to mention about either one of those goals that stands out to you?
1: Uh, Yeah. I think rough defending on both, but yeah, I, I won't blame Jamali on, on the when playing it out of the back goes wrong. Um, Young guy, he's going to make mistakes. Right. So, uh, you know, maybe wish he would have, would have found an outlet or, or you know, found, found the feet of, of a hound, but you know, he was, he was feeling good and you like to see that. You like to see that, that young goalkeeper get, you know, some, some uh, some swagger, and uh, unfortunately, I, you know, was his downfall, but, you know, he'll learn, and, uh, you know, he looks like he's a guy that, you know, uh, takes his craft incredibly seriously, so I think that that's going to be on the top of his mind this week because he trains and, and tries to get, you know, back between the sticks on Saturday, and uh, I think he's going to push that behind him pretty quick.
0: Now, for me, that, that first goal, it, that goal was minutes in the making because <laughs> it would seem like a lot of not just – uh Jamali, but the back line and parts of the midfield, they couldn't connect passes for a five the seven minute stretch there, and you were just it, it seemed like the, the turnover into a goal was coming. It was just a question of, of whose bad pass it was going to be because it was it was infectious to the whole team at that point. Uh unfortunately it came uh from your basically your last defender who 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 coughed it up um kind of on the, the unforced air. But th- that was as part of yeah a, a a ten to fifteen minute stretch where it just seemed like they could not string a couple of passes together. If they were, it was all you know square or negative passes. They anything going forward was just in just missing the marker, being cut out by Louisville. So it's it's disappointing. It was on him, but at the end of the day, it it, it is on him. It's I don't it, who knows if he just wasn't looking up or. Uh, scuffed the pass a little bit, but it, you know the 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 critical the critical miss hit was on him, and then um, it's in the back of the net. They they's pulling out. And I guess what I want to use that as a way to lead into is that's now two two bigish errors by Jamali, who is again a rookie. Um, but he had the the wind playing and out of the back goes wrong this past week, and then the mistime challenge against uh cincinnati in the cup on the cup game that led to a a penalty kick um and he is one of of three guys in this goalkeeping core who are are young and fairly inexperienced two complete rookies and then silva who who has just a handful of of professional mints under his belt are you getting to the point now, like, like I am, where maybe there's just not enough experience between the sticks for the Hounds? And I know, and I've beat the drum that it's a system goalkeeper and as long as the system works, the goalkeeper is not really that important who it's going to be. Are we seeing that it, that only has its limitations and eventually you need some some degree of of ex- professional experience to uh, to make that system work?
1: I, yeah, I think it's it's a little bit of both. I think that, you know, if we take that thesis of if it's a uh, a system and, you know, the goalie is, is a product of the system, I think the system's broken. Um, the defense has no, <clears throat> not a lot of veterans on it. Uh, you know, he's switching guys in. We thought Dan Brot was going to be a stalwart this year. I don't think he's played how, how long. Toby Sims comes in for the open cup. You know, he has a really good game. He hasn't played since the open cup, I believe. Um, so, you know, you have, you know, he's, he's, you know, Ibarra and, and Biasi He's kind of plug and playing. So I don't think they found that, you know, solid, you know, back five like they had in 2018, 2019, um, where you knew it was gonna be the same five guys every game. So I think that's part of it that the system is broken and we don't have anywhere near as strong a back line as we're used to. And also, I do think it's a little bit of, uh, you know, inexperience from the keepers, um, which we we knew, right? I mean, even like you said, Silva has a little bit of experience, but we knew all three keepers were going to be a little raw. Uh, I think from what I've seen, you know, I haven't seen too much of Silva, um, really not much of Ostic at all, mostly wait these past couple games. But from, you know, very, very, very small sample sizes, it seems like Waite has the most raw potential, right? I mean, Cincinnati, some of those saves were just incredible um, on a big stage, right, against the MLS team. So um, if I had to pick one to kind of mold into this this keeper, you know, we keep him around for a year or two, you know, I'm picking Jamali Waite. But I think, you know, to get back to your original question, yeah, it's it's defense isn't as good as, as we're used to be. And, you know, the, the unfortunately, the keepers have a, a lot of uh, inexperience, you know. I'd love to know where, what's going on with Chase Vostick. Uh Is he hurt? Did
0: everyone needs to, that,
1: of Lily's graces. I don't know. I thought he played well the two games he played. I think everyone thought he played well those
0: two games. Then, the the team actually tweeted out a picture or maybe a video or something of a couple players at a like a public appearance thing on Saturday back here in Pittsburgh, and Vostick was one of them, and Sim was another one. So. We we do have pro- that. we have proof yeah. of life. Jesse of, Williams. Uh, yeah, Jesse Williams. <laughs> we, we have proof of life that Vosvic is, is still uh, he's alive. Team. I mean, there was no date on the photos. We're assuming it was it was current, but, uh, He's not. He didn't any... hold up
1: hold up a newspaper. Yeah, he
0: was he wasn't holding up a newspaper. But we'll, we'll take him for the word that it was it was a recent photo. He is alive. He is with the club. I didn't I didn't notice any casts or anything like that would that would indicate uh, an obvious injury. So there, there is proof of life there, um, just not in terms of, of being on a uh, on a an 18 sheet for uh, for a game day roster. Uh, but back to you're talking about the keepers. Shot stopping's not been the issue for anyone. They've all made decent saves. The shot stopping's been fine. Um, Waits made a couple poor decisions. Uh, of of when the won the challenge and then there but his distribution otherwise uh save that one pass on on Saturday has been good. Silva probably gets a little too a uh, little too exploratory of his of his box and and comes out and uh wants to play balls he probably needs, does not need to be playing or comes out of his box to get the balls that he shouldn't be trying to get to and then Vosvik again two games where he seemed solid he seemed like the obvious number 1 i think it's who we all had going into it and then after two games two starts two wins uh has not been seen on 18 again so you want to assume it's an injury but again when this when the club is just refusing to to uh even acknowledge that that an injury uh, report exists it's do you assume injury or do you you take the club at their word and say well he's not injured then so then what is it um do you, do you think they even
1: have any you know we'll say Vosvic just thought a good graces and they're you know do you think they have any do you think it is is a issue where the club is being secretive for some reason unannounced to us or do you think that they that a lot of these guys just lily just hasn't really you know been like yeah you're you're it um and he's kind of just pushed him you know off the 18 uh, I can't think of one player on top of my head where I'd be like, yeah, he probably has a has a knock or you know he's not coming back for a couple weeks. It seems like everybody's healthy right now, as um, best we can tell. You know. But
0: you know, I mean, again, Sim scores two goals and and hasn't uh, been seen again. Is it you know just because it was the cup and then he's just he's you no know, not he's too far down the depth chart to to make the crack the eighteen. Uh, uh, again, Dan brought looked like he was gonna be uh as you mentioned before gonna be a, a a stalwart on the left side and then uh one less than great game and it's well i've made less than great might be overstating he he did have a poor game that one day and then hasn't really been seen from again is it guys is he is it guys falling out of favor is it injuries we don't know about is it bob you know, with all the choppy and changing we've seen with these these lineups, is Bob content just taking the first third of the year to see what he likes and then and then going forward he has, you know, he knows what he has and he's just spending the first, let's say, ten to twelve games just just dropping pieces in and out to see to see what works and what doesn't work and who who meshes well with whom. I mean at this point, all those options are on the table because we have there's been real no Direction from the club or from from what we see on the field to, to really pin down one thing or the other. Or at least that's how I read it. I mean, it could be any of those options of of injuries or just depth chart or just we're just gonna fling pieces together for a while and see what uh, see what works.
1: I, I I agree with that.
0: Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> now the art part of this game with Louisville. Uh, Going back to this past Monday's uh, Mongols, they mentioned a lot about it being, to them, an, an effort question for the Hounds in, in, in Louisville. And I could not disagree more with that. As someone who s- stood at Cashman Field and watched that game at Las Vegas, that was clearly a, a no-effort, half-assed approach to the game. Louisville looked like they were trying, or they looked like they were trying in Louisville. They were just massively ineffective. It didn't seem like it was an effort or, or or a give a damn problem. It was a. It just wasn't. The passes weren't coming together. Louisville had maybe a sharper game plan or or definitely a step quicker on things, but it to me it wasn't. It was an ineffective, not effort issue. Uh what's your take on that? Was it an effort thing or was it was it something more than that?
1: I uh I I think it was it was 100% just they got outplayed. I think uh they're they're a young team that I mean it's all about momentum, right? And you're playing a a team that is known for bringing back a, a huge veteran core and um what's the kid's name up top? It's like Wilson Harris, something like that. Um, he's kind of come on for them, um, and, and taken Lancaster's spot and, and been a huge help for them this year. So they remain incredibly steady. Um, and you just, you didn't play. I don't think it was effort. Like you said, it wasn't a Las Vegas. It wasn't like, a, a even you know, the last couple minutes at Tulsa where you saw guys walking around the field, like it was like, you know, Sunday night pickup, you know, it, it, it is. Yeah. It, it seemed like it was just square peg round hole. Um, I didn't catch the first half, got the second half, but just, uh, you know, going back and watching it and it just seemed like they tried the same exact, you know, offensive scheme every single time the Hounds got the ball. Uh, <laughs> and, and like, you know, like you said, yes it just, it, it was ineffective. It just didn't work. And uh, I think the most concerning part isn't the personnel or what they did. It's just that there was no sort of like, all right, we need to try something else, you know, and, you know, they tried the same thing in the second half in Cincinnati. It's that they, they played the ball out wide, got it down, crossed it in to no one. Cincinnati player cleared it. Yeah. it and, and they did that every single time down the field. And it's like, I don't understand what what you guys don't see here. Um, you know, obviously, if they're defending that, there's another part of the field. There's another another scheme, another play that you that you can run um, that can open you up a little bit. Open up the run of play. Do something um you know what is it what's the quote you know stupidity is doing this or insanity is the same doing the same thing over and over again with the same results or expecting a different result um so i mean that's that's really what it was i don't think it was effort i think that they were there to win just uh you know uh uh, you you know you you said they didn't connect passes i think that's a a uh, an issue of a young team and and slotting guys in slotting guys out you, you know you have no idea you know what what teams they're running in practice and who's getting touches with who and you know a lot of that you know instinctual stuff you know for example the first Atlantical goal second Atlanta goal um i think it was was a dixon on the turn and put it right in kelly's path you know that stuff comes with practice right and that co- stuff comes from playing with each other and and having that that soccer iq and i think that's that's what you saw in Louisville. The lack of that, you saw the lack of, of experience of, you know, scripting where guys were going to be. And um, it's April, you know, uh, you know, they come here in September. Hopefully I, I have all, <laughs> uh, you know, um, all support in the world that, that Bob gets that cleaned up.
0: <laughs> well, uh, one good shout on, on, on the Harris uh, having a good game. He's been when the Cameron Lancaster injury news came out and, you know, they said long term and didn't put a timeline on, it and you, you, that could be who knows that could be a whole season. You, you don't know. You're thinking, oh great, there it is. There's your there's your crack for for Louisville to to have a weakness, and then you know this asshole shows up and and just makes it work for him. So good shout on on bringing his name into it. As you were you're talking about the passing, it just occurred to me, and this might me be, be me uh, talking out of my ass, or maybe I'm onto something here. But if you look at the times in the games where they've had poor passing, it's been at Vegas, at Louisville, for decent stretches at Memphis. And the, the common thread there is grass fields. Because uh, they don't seem to be having this problem uh, on the friendly turf of, of Highmark. Um is it could it be something as simple as as there is are training on turf and then they get the grass and it's just not they're not connecting
1: I I think that I think that could be part of it I don't think that's 100% the problem but I definitely think that you know you, you train on turf and it rolls a lot quicker than grass and then you go and play in a you know baseball stadium obviously you know you can discount but you know you played on, on Lynn family with the the fresh sod so I think that's part of it you know I pulled up the stats now you know I think Ideally, at the end of the day, when you look at the stats, you want to have between 300, 350 accurate passes. Hounds had 315. Louisville had 388. Uh, possession fifty-three, forty-seven. 47 you, you look at the stats kind of, um, you know, on on paper, really. Uh, but but Louisville was more that, than
0: happy to let Pittsburgh have the ball once they were up two goals. They were more than happy yeah, to let uh, Pittsburgh have
1: the ball. That's true. That's true. It would be interesting to see before that second goal gets scored, you know, where the stats, stats lie and where possession lies. Um, but, but like you said that there, there was big chunks of the game that, that the house just couldn't, couldn't keep the ball. Couldn't keep possession.
0: <laughs> I guess the only other part to bring out this is, is the Dane Kelly red card. Um, in the, uh, I was eight, somewhere around the 80th minute, uh, from my eyes, it looked it looked pretty pretty weak. Um, the officiating was was pretty poor all night. Not that it's gonna make a difference. The hounds were, were being outplayed from from the from the off. So certainly not an excuse for the uh, for the poor performance. But as of now, the USL I've not seen the discipline report to say that the the red card um, is sticking and Dan Kelly is gonna be out this week nor have I seen anything that says that the card was successfully appealed. So who knows? As of now, Dane Kelly's out this week against Birmingham. Um, one game suspension. Uh, it could be by the time you hear this, that could all be changed. So just be on the lookout, uh, for either the, the discipline report or obviously if the, if it gets, um, if the card gets overturned, the, the Hounds will be tweeting about that as well. So as of now, no Dane Kelly, but, um, yeah, a soft red card, kind of like how the Hounds had one last year with with Forbes up in Hartford. You and you and I got to see that up close and personal. Yeah. Also uh-huh. on, on the softer side. But um yeah, I guess just a, a kind of a shit way to cap off a shit game.
1: Yeah, spot on. you were right on, it was 80th minute. Um but uh just I think it was frustrating because uh, I don't know Dane personally, but him being around the league with so many teams and uh, uh, he seems like a guy that, that carries a really high reputation with, with a lot of people around the league. And I, I don't think he's one of the type to get frustrated from a junior loss and throw an elbow. Um, I think that was 100% him just trying to get leverage to get around the guy and make the run, you know, chase after the ball. Uh, just unfortunate, got tangled up. I, I'm not even sure if he really caught the guy all that hard. Um I think, unfortunately, uh, I think Danny Cruz ref that game, which is kind kind of shit, um, kind of upsetting, and kind of tough to to see. Um, I think the ref was perfectly content making out a yellow card, and then when Danny Cruz wouldn't shut his mouth um, to to appease him, that's when he upgraded it to a red, which should never happen um, in any situation. Uh, so, unfortunately, Dane is the the recipient of of that mistreatment, but. Uh, it was kind of funny when it happened, Devin Kerr was talking about how, you know, oh, it was all about leverage and, you know, he was tr- trying to cut loose and, you know, it just uh, unfortunate, you know, incident, you know, no harm, no foul. And it's upgraded to a red and, and, you know, he's talking about, you know, how flagrant it was and how he caught him in the face. And um, I don't think there was any <laughs> any sort of flagrant, flagrant meaning behind it at all. I think it was, you know, I think Dane would tell you it was 100% just, you know, was, it was playing the ball. And unfortunately that's, that's a consequence of professional soccer. Um, but like I said, it's April one game suspension and, and we'll move on.
0: Yeah. We'll uh, move on. We will. And so I guess my, my question now, after this last run of games where the Hounds have, have lost three of four, um, the, the last three home, the last three road games have been lost. So oh. The one home game was, was the win do you have concerns that the hounds are not as good as, as we first thought and maybe they were just the beneficiaries of a, of a weaker schedule to start the season or is this all explainable and the hounds are still comfortably in the title contender race not not to make hey, just- a big grand statement eight eight games into the season but what the hell let's let's have grand statements eight games into the season
1: Uh, I think they – is it's weird, right? Because if you put out the best 11 right now and go hit a soccer field, no, I don't think they're title contenders. But I think that the, I don't know, 23, 24 guys on the roster, they have enough talent to be title contenders, um, if that makes sense. So I think the pieces are there. Um, I just think, you know, and, of course, that's why you play seven months, eight months, I don't even know what six and a half months of a season, um, you know, to, to r- work out those kinks, work out the wrinkles. So, um, I think, I, I don't think it's a, a soft schedule. Um, you know, they beat who they had to be, um, having looked, you know, really dominating in in the games that, that, uh, that should have tested them. So, um, you know, if they slide here, uh, you know, two big games at home, um, you know, I think it's, it's really reactionary, right they take six points the next two weeks. I think we're talking about back on our uh, hounds are going to win the league talk. So, <laughs> um, you know, it's just, uh, it feels like every week we based on one performance, we bounce from, you know, oh maybe they aren't this to, you know, Oh yeah, this is the most hype we've ever been. So uh, like you said, no, no grand statements in, in week eight. Uh, but, you know, maybe we'll come back to this in June or July and, and see where they stand. Um, and if it's really a, a straight to schedule standpoint or, if they're for real.
0: So go back those eight weeks when we were having our, our final season preview shows and we had the whole roster in front of us. Um, actually, it, was, it was minus keepers at that point. They were the, the last pieces to come in. And so we had an idea. of We had some names. We had, you know, the, the guys you know who've been on the team before. Uh, obviously, Dane Kelly, who you knew who was not on the team before. And then a, a, a mishmash of, of rookies coming out of college. Now, eight games in the season with a lot of, you know, the, the 11 changing anywhere between one to two guys to seven, eight guys from the previous game. Is there anyone that sticks out to you as being surprised at how few or how many minutes they've gotten so far?
1: Uh, I think it, it's already what we mentioned. Um,. The that defensive core where we've seen guys that's been like, oh, wow, they play well and then haven't came back. You know, Dan Brott not having to play the last couple of games. Toby Sims, I'd like to see him there more. Uh, Kelly Rosaras uh, would love to see him more. I think that's probably if I had to pick one that we thought we'd see a little bit more of. Um, he was a huge part of Charleston's attack last year um, for him to come in and, um, you know, pick up you know, 10, 15 minutes a game is, is kind of surprising that he doesn't he doesn't slot into that midfield a little bit more. But um, I guess if I had to pick one, I'd say I'd say Kelly Rosaris. But um, it's it's been surprising. But, I mean, the, the thing about having the depth that they do is that they can slot guys around. And we mentioned it earlier, um, where I think Lilly is still trying to find that, uh, you know, he, he, he at this point in the season has no problem throwing, you know, one or two guys in there just to see, you know, how they mesh with the, the rest of the veterans. So, um, yeah, if I had to pick one, Angelo Rosales would like to see him a little bit more, but um, nothing on the other end of that where playing a guy too much has, has surprised me. The guys you thought were going to play the minutes are playing the minutes.
0: <sighs> I'm, I think I'm in the same boat as you. I, on one hand, I, I, Think Bob is still trying to find the magic combination of all this forward talent that he has amassed. And then on the other hand, I, I get as the you know the starting lineup comes out, I get miffed or frustrated for a while when I see you know person X is not starting. You know, oh you know at away at Louisville, you're thinking Dan Kelly is an obvious starter, and then next you know he's, he's coming off the bench, and then he's coming off the bench down to nil, and then, you know, and then he's, he's back off the field a few minutes later. Deke was having a fine season. You thought he was kind of was going to be like the the low guy on that totem pole there, uh, but he's he's held his own. Cicerone is probably scuffling a little bit, but again, he, I don't think he's being asked to do the same thing he was being asked to do last year, so the the stats aren't going to be as sexy for him. But I, to me, yeah, is it is it a matter of he doesn't know what combination he likes or? He's just always going to tinker with those guys, depending on who the opponent is or what the situation is. It's just, I guess, here's what I'm trying to get up get to, and maybe you have to talk me off the edge off the ledge here. Is this a team with this manager that you just don't know what your starting eleven is because it's it's just not going to be consistent and it's not going to be obvious outside of a handful of players. You, everyone else is is liable to just be added or dropped at 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 a moment's notice from the, from the starting lineup and there is no obvious starting 11 week in week out
1: i think that's think that's it right there i think around that i think that's exactly what it is uh, but i think the more we go into the season the more that solidified a little bit and we stop we don't see as many changes but i think for right now there is no no one's safe
0: so this is a, um, this like is a me issue not a bob issue this is this is something i have to work through myself
1: <laughs> uh it depends it depends on uh, uh maybe just changing how you think about the game right i think if you're one of those guys that loves the the same 11 guys and yeah you have to work through it but um if you're fine seeing the rotation then stick along for the for the ride but like you said russell russell's struggling i don't think anybody coming into the season would think he's at what one goal mm, two. Two, two uh two goals eight games in the season i think we would have had him at four or five by now um if not more so um you know even his spot's not safe um so it, it, any guy can
0: but can then slot you slot in but like, then you have never had dequid four goals at this point either which is funny true
1: true but that that comes with the 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 plug and play and you know <laughs> this is me, this, be, ar- be, this is
0: me arguing against my own my own internal i think issues. it'd be interesting
1: to go back and see like who the the midfield and wingers and guys playing under dequa were for all of his goals and to see if there's any, any overlap. Um, maybe he just plays, you know, well when, when, you know, Dixon's underneath them or something like that. So uh, it would be interesting to go back and, and see that. But um, yeah, I think, I think for the most part, you better strap in because you're going to see a lot more rotation here in the next couple of weeks.
0: Yeah. I think I, it probably is more of a, this is, this is something for me to have to work through and not, you know, not For anyone from the club to have to apologize for my uh my issues <laughs> of, you know not having a, a consistent lineup, but with that, we will um we will try to put oh, I'm just looking at scores now. Louisville's up 3 0 on, on Atlanta, too, at the moment.
1: No surprise, there.
0: Yeah, not really. Uh, but looking forward, we are to this Saturday the Hounds back at home for the first of two games, a little two game homestand. This Saturday against the Birmingham Legion, the uh, the 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 damn club the Hounds are supposed to face before before Rona wreaked havoc uh, in the postseason last year. Uh, a, a quick kind of primer on on Birmingham. It seems like their preferred formation is best described as a four two three one, with most of the action coming down equally down the the left and right channels. Nothing. Nothing down the middle of the field too, too much. Uh, last time out, uh, a win uh, at home, I believe it was at home against, the, yeah, at home against the, the Battery. They are currently playing against the Miami as we speak. Well, they're not playing as we speak because they're at halftime at the moment, but it is nil-nil um, at the at the break between those two sides. The game is being played in Birmingham, so they don't have any travel issues in terms of having to travel back home to face the Hounds on Saturday. Uh, Logan, what, what's your, your kind of five mile high look at, at Birmingham telling you,
1: uh, I think I got in the same boat as the hounds. It's, you know, you're going to be a a sinker or a swimmer this year. Um, and they're kind of also trying to find their identity. Um, you know, they have a, a lot of, a lot of good talent. Um, I think we'll get to, to RJ and Tommy V a little bit later. Um, you know, on their their starting eleven, Mikey Lopez, um, Enzo Rodriguez. Uh, they have a, a lot of. uh is that his name? Rodriguez. Enzo Rodriguez. Yes, the guy from Charlotte. Yeah, um, they. So they 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 have a lot of talent. Um, so we'll. Uh, you know, it will be a great matchup. Um, you know, ever since they've came in the league, um, you know, after the the seven, nothing, uh, shellacking. lacking. I think they've been a, a kind of a. Uh, on par with the river hounds um especially the last you know last year having a good year so i think it'll be a great test and it might solve a lot of these you know answer a lot of these questions we have you know are the hounds for real um if they go out and get it done against a, a birmingham team um you know we're definitely gonna have a a, a lot to talk about so i think anyway well, we'll, we'll no whatever way it goes we'll, we'll have a lot to talk about but um it's a good test uh probably they're they're uh you know sans louisville um, probably their their best uh, you know best sniff test of the year so far. You know um, if you can take down a, a you know mid table team at home um, early in the season, I think that will be good for the morale.
0: Yeah, they've had a pretty favorable schedule so far. Not great results, but they they've been playing a lot at home. They do have a massive uh, I think eight match road trip in the middle of the season, so that that might be a huge make or break moment for them. But as of now, they don't have they don't have that that signature win. You know, they have beaten Charleston, who's looking poor. They've beaten Loudon, who started looking decent. And now they, they look pretty poor. They have a win uh, at home against uh, Hartford, but those guys are frauds. Um, they their their biggest notable uh, results are, are home draws with Louisville and Tampa. Uh, they've lost at Detroit. In the cup they lost against uh, South Georgia Trementa. Um, they have a home loss to Colorado Springs, but they're looking pretty decent. They've lost at Tulsa. So they don't have a they don't have a, a notable win really on their schedule. They have notable draws, but those were home draws. Um, I get actually uh, if they somehow if they pulled out tonight against Miami, that's gonna look pretty good for them. Um so we will we will see. Uh, you did mention some some of the players look out for. To me, uh, the first name on the list, if you're not looking at people who have um, hounds experience on their CV, it's uh, Enzo Martinez, uh, well known um, asshole who mostly played for uh, the Charlotte Independence, had a cup of coffee in MLS, came back to Charlotte uh was somewhere else for a while maybe Colorado or something like that somewhere out west for for a hot minute um has started every game has played every minute um he's always good for for being an agitator being a pest uh he's good for picking up yellow cards shocking he hasn't uh picked up a red thus far but he's he's always good for one at any at a moment's notice uh then the the more made sex your name uh Juan Aguilado, they, they uh, acquired after the season started. Uh, kind of a former notable MLS guy. Uh, he's still kind of just getting his legs underneath him. Um, hasn't played a ton of minutes yet, but again, just uh, didn't have a preseason. Just joined the, the club in the last few weeks. Um, Logan, anyone, anyone else I might be missing that we haven't mentioned so far in terms of of notable Birmingham players that are not former hounds? Uh no,
1: no. Martinez and uh, Mikey Lopez, uh, he's been around for a little bit stints with uh, with MLS too, I believe, on YCFC. So L- Lopez was, uh,
0: was with uh, Birmingham when they got their uh they got their tits sliced up in the playoffs, right?
1: I believe so. He, he's got he d- a stalwart with them Did he
0: get sent off? Was he the one who got sent off?
1: I believe so, yes. Um, also I will mention um, is it matt van Okel? uh yes. credit credit to him uh i mean you come in and, and i mean uh not that his defense gave him much help in 2019 but uh you know good for him for still keeping that starting job and and i think he's doing a nice job um that, it takes a lot to come back after after uh, what they experienced in 2019 at the end of the season so um i think he you know he's a good keeper so i think that uh hopefully though with with that said um uh, you, you know yeah, the Steel Army is gonna give him uh there'll be a lot of a lot of seven seven nothing. Is that what it was, seven nothing? It was um, seven. Chili goal. Yeah, there'll be a lot of a lot of sevens turning around on, on Saturday, I'm sure. Um so hopefully they can they can get inside his head and do what we do and help out the help out the boys.
0: Now the other players that, that might be taking a little stick uh from our section are gonna be the two former hounds, Ryan James and Tommy V. Uh I mean left both of them left Pittsburgh, uh, for seemingly what would be greener pastures, uh, Ryan signed with with Birmingham. Tommy actually went out to San Diego and then and then got uh, traded last year to Birmingham. Uh, But they've they've not their their roles have been diminished a bit from what they had under Bob. Uh, Ryan James has six games, only two starts, only 188 minutes. Uh, Tommy's been in seven games, so he's, he's been in all but one, only four starts, 421 minutes. This is in, this is up to tonight. I saw Ryan James in the starting eleven tonight. Tommy is not; he's off the bench. So maybe a good indication that um, if Ryan James is starting tonight, that he may not be starting on Saturday. Uh, and Tommy, if you know, uh, seeing it when he comes off the bench tonight because he you know he normally does come off the bench, um, see what their availability is for Saturday. So. Uh, sadly, there. I mean, there's an outside chance we may not see uh, former Steel Army Player of the Year Ryan James back in Pittsburgh if if he goes the distance tonight.
1: Yeah, I thought the same thing when I saw the lineup tonight for Birmingham. Camp, um, that he might not be back on Wednesday. It's unfortunate, as you said, you know, we like to cheer former players, um, but it will be tough. Uh, Two to class acts um, that, that were great stand-up guys when they were in Pittsburgh, so, um, you know, uh would like like to see him but like you said i don't think rj's you know maybe off the bench but uh hopefully you know invertedly that means that that tommy plays um you know it'd be nice to see him back back at high mark so uh it will be it will be fun um in this league obviously you know guys bounce around so much that that you get this a lot where guys come back um hopefully it's not a cristiano francois uh where he comes back and kind of has his way yep. um
0: L- so literally we, uh, break, breaking news! Just breaking news! I'm overhyping it. Um, the start uh, second half is uh, kicked off, and Ryan James was subbed off at half. So Ryan James goes 45 minutes and comes ooh, off. Interesting. And I wonder
1: then, if that that's to save him for Saturday. I wonder if that's uh, an issue, an injury, or I wonder if he's not happy. Coach isn't happy, but it'll be interesting to come Saturday to and see. He,
0: he was the only substitution at half. So interesting. Yeah, doesn't know if that's an injury thing or if that is a. Uh, tactics thing or so yeah he now goes 45 minutes uh, so I guess it leaves the door open that we might he might be starting on Saturday because he's not not going the distance and then Tommy uh, still sitting on the bench as we speak so who the hell knows
1: interesting we shall see
0: is what are your thoughts when you see a former hound or a hound go to another team and then their their minutes drop off their production drops off is that to me one one hand i don't like to see it because i want to see those guys succeed even when they go elsewhere on the other hand you go uh did you just maybe leave the the comfy confines of bob Lilly a little too soon and and you know now you're not set up for success the way you were before how, how do you process that when you see a former hound go elsewhere and it's it's not kicking off quite like like it did in pittsburgh
1: I think it depends, uh, at this level where you have, you have such an intimate connection with the guys and they come over after every game and shake your hand, uh, compared to other pro sports. I think you get a deeper connection. So when they leave, you take it on a more personal level. And unfortunately, uh, there's incredibly scant, you know, financial details that come out with new contracts and things like that. Um, so I think it depends on, on how they leave. Um, uh, I think that, you know, I'm a pretty emotional person. So I think that it, it depends on their departure. Um, you know, you open Instagram and see the, the two, three paragraph message. Um, you know, I think that's that's good enough for me um, to want uh, to support you no matter where you go. Um, you know, some guys that uh, don't get it, um, that the fans, the fans are this league um, and leave for money and things like that. Uh, leaves a sour taste in your mouth but uh, for the most part I try to try to support them um, uh, you know Lily plays such a uh, he's such a system guy that you know I don't think you know Tommy and, and RJ's lack of minutes at all is anything to do with their skill I think it's just not fitting in the system and Uh, having guys that fit that system better and played in in that system better. But it is interesting um, to go across the league the past couple of years and see these transactions and and where guys have ended up and uh, Bob bringing guys in that – and I've always wondered this, right, where he brings in these rookies and you never hear from them again. Um, You know, until this year, like Lucas Fernandez, like the dude fell off the face of the earth for a year
0: and a half. Um, Scored the game winner for uh, Flower City uh, last week for their first league win.
1: Exactly. So it's just, uh, you know, it's always, you know, it's like, where does Bob find these guys and, and, and what does he see? in them that no other coach literally in any of the professional soccer ranks sees. Um, and then, you know, it might be, you know, some reasons, whatnot, they drop out, but um, you know, you see guys like, like a Christian Valesky, I think it's in Monterey Bay right now, maybe. Um, but it's like, you know, he, he was, you know, Bob brought him in and, and he never really came to Providence again, but um, you know, some of it might just be Bob taking flyers on guys has some roster spots open, can get guys on the cheap. Um, but you see guys that, that uh, you know, do well. Um, you know, you know Duba, uh, he's he <laughs> been pretty successful at Tampa Bay in the last two years. So uh, when it's not against the Hounds, you know, you always smile when you see him on the score sheet, but he's still, still getting on the score sheet, still putting balls in the back of the net. Um, but, you know, I think you have guys that flourish under Lilly and then go someplace else and, and don't flourish from that system. And I think you guys have just have guys that have natural talent, like DeSantos and uh, Nico Brett. Nico Brett could play on any of the teams in any league and, and be an absolute, you know, force. So he just, He's I think scoring that, yeah.
0: goals. Where, no matter where he, where he goes, he just, he's yeah. scoring goals.
1: So I think you have guys. And I think you have guys that, that you know, like an RJ that, that came back, you know, was a, was a Rochester guy. Uh, and he was a Rochester guy, right?
0: He and, was, yeah.
1: and you know knows lily knows the system um i think that's why he fit he, he slotted in so well um and had you know an absolutely incredible 2019 campaign with 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 the, the hounds so uh, i think it's it's maybe uh, a little bit both and you, you look at uh, you know danny Maniello he's he's a backup right now best you know golden gold golden glove winner to to backing up in in sacramento but then you look at the last goalkeeper kyle morton you know, probably going to be this year's golden goal winner for Louisville. So again, I think that just goes back to some guys just have, have the talent to to be top tier players in this league. And, and some guys, um, you know, Bob really is able to to get the best out of them. So I think it's, it, it depends on the, the player, but um, you know, I uh, always want to see, see guys, guys do well when they leave Pittsburgh.
0: <laughs> now the, the last thing I want to bring up for, uh, for Birmingham, unless you, uh, unless you have something else you want to go to, but Uh, it probably gonna be hard for the Hounds to recapture the, the 5,202 through the, through the gates this, uh, this Saturday, the weather looking, looking poop, uh, Penn's hosting a, um, playoff game against, uh, against the rags. Um, did you stay up all night for the watch, stay up till midnight to watch that game last night?
1: I went to bed before third overtime.
0: Oh, I, I, I stuck it out. It's been a while since I've stuck out a, a lengthy overtime. So I felt proud of myself on that one, but, um, but yeah, between those two factors, uh, it might be it might be uh, a bit more of a struggle on the uh, on the attendance front for uh, for the Hounds. Um, maybe I'm, I'd be awesome if I'm if I'm wrong if the weather breaks and and um, some people are committed to um, to seeing the Hounds even with the, the Pens playing uh, at the same time. Uh, I know my my plan. I will be uh, I will certainly be at the at the game and then probably hop over to Home Run Harry's or something like that to catch the back end of the of the Pens game. Um, but yeah, it just, it seems to happen all the time. Um, obviously cause the pens are in the playoffs every year that, uh, that, that first round schedule comes out and you go, ah, fuck a Saturday, seven o'clock game. It's like, it, it just is. It always is.
1: Plus they announced today that the big screen's back. So, uh, that's going to draw a lot of people over to that side of town. So yeah, they will be, they will be fighting attendance. um, but I think I think the Hounds have, have done well the past couple of years to build a a fan base that puts the Hounds above every other Pittsburgh sports team, right? You know, uh you know, I'm a Penns fan, you know, a huge Pirates fan, but uh, you know, Hounds games come before everything and I'm sure there's there's people out there that feel the same way. So I'm sure, you know, 2, three three, three thousand season ticket holders are, are gonna be there, um, even if there's a hockey game, right? Um it's just getting that um, uh, you know, ancillary crowd. Uh That want to come, you know, watch live sports or come do something on a Saturday, getting them to not do the big screen, not go to the game, not go to a bar, watch the game and and come that they're going to suffer.
0: Yeah, it's yeah, it's I I, I would like to know how much of that that 5000 was was walk up crowd two weeks ago, because that that probably give you some insight as to how much the weather and and other events in town play into that. But uh, any other thoughts in Birmingham? No, sir. All right. Fair enough. Um, well, we will then move on to our... Uh, I'm still not sure what, what the official title of this is. Uh, you may have to remind me. What's our midweek uh, 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 sports betting extravaganza segment?
1: I think... We'll have to go back on the, on the tape. I think it's like the USL extravaganza of sports betting. Something like something with Wednesday in there. I'm not entirely sure. Okay. Um, but we'll just, call it, we'll just call it betting corner for now.
0: Fair enough. We'll... Uh... <sighs> Let's maybe go back because, yeah, you gave it some some great, like, eight, eight word title on it. Yeah, I wish I remembered it. But, uh, just like last week, we are sticking with the, uh, the CONCACAF Champions, uh, Champions League final tonight. Seattle and Pumas. Leg two, uh, two goals apiece after, after the leg one. Oh, away goals do not count extra. Uh, what we have so far, uh, Vesti taking one unit on, on Seattle to win outright at minus 205. Uh, Storino, who uh, he's doing some research or he's. Uh,
1: uh, man's back in it. He's, yeah. he's ready.
0: He's taken uh, two units on both teams to score at minus 120 and then a unit on Puma's money line at plus 390. Uh, Yak took one unit on both teams to score again at, at minus 120 and then one unit on pumas to win the second half at plus 380. Um I I'm going two units on Seattle over a goal and a half at minus 130. Uh Logan, what uh what's your pick tonight?
1: I am I'm on MGM right now. I'm trying to find usually in these tournament games there is like to lift the trophy. Um I'm trying to find I have I've have not seen that. All right. I mean well, normally they but have i have, have not to... seen it for this game. All right. Uh we'll just we'll take I have MGM right now. Seattle Sounders to win to nil plus one fifty. Like, give me three units on that.
0: Three units win to nil. What what was Seattle. the what was the what was the, the number on that? Plus one fifty. Plus one fifty. <laughs> but I don't know if you listened to last week's show. Uh we've all decided that it's your job to um to spreadsheet this eventually.
1: Yeah, I was uh I was gonna start that after uh grad school, but uh sore subject at the moment. So <laughs> um yeah, that's that's my job. I need to go back and listen to I think we're only on what, week three?
0: Three or four. Um, so we yeah, we have plenty of time. Um but we have to we have to we have to give the people
1: some sort of uh results at the end of this because yeah. I think I've been betting three units every time and I think I'm also three. So uh I'm I am in debt. I'm gonna get I, kneecapped here eventually.
0: Uh I took I took uh, Pumas to score first last week, and it, it was that was the the easiest probably of these ficti- fictitional fictional uh, bets we're putting in here. Money that I'll ever make? Yeah, that was that was guaranteed casher right there.
1: Most most fictitious money I've ever made.
0: Damn straight. Uh Wrap it up here with uh, some still Army news bites. Uh, next two weeks are, are home games this Saturday and next Saturday. The Saturday against Birmingham, as you would probably know by now, since we're 51 minutes into this program. The week after, against El Paso. Tailgain starts at 4. Kickoff is at 7. Uh, if you remember some of our our uh, preview episodes before the season started uh, uh Tim from Bet the USL who came on we did a nice interview with him. He is going to be coming to the uh the game there on the 14th, the the El Paso game. He's going to be in town. He's going to be taking in his first his first Hounds game. He's going to be taking in his first live USL game that's not Loudon cuz he is a he does live in that part of uh, of the country. Um so he'll be in, he's excited for it. He is also from his podcast. Uh, he is turning this into kind of a, like a, a listener meetup. So he's going to be at Rivers Casino pre and post game. Um, so if 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 that is something that interests you, um, either before or after game, there's going to be a bit of a of a recreational gamblers meetup uh, with obviously someone who who is big in uh, in wagering uh, lower league American soccer. Leagues, so uh, I'm excited for him to come to town. Um, he's excited for the game. Maybe him and his wife will find out, but um, so he'll be in town, be showing him around, and then hopefully we'll get him back on the podcast. Uh, may get get his thoughts of Highmark Stadium and the Hounds' experience as someone who, who uh, you know completely from the outside. And then the week after that, uh, on the 21st, uh, the Hounds will be down. In Tampa, where they typically always seem to open the season down there, but they uh, they'll be there on the twenty first. We are we are going to be pushing hard to make this a nice proper watch party at Bulldog Pub. Uh, we tweeted something out just a couple hours ago, or you know Wednesday night, shall we say? Uh, Jesse from from Bulldog Pub has installed this 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 nice little shelf cabinet unit. We've uh, we've placed the uh, the old guard shield there. We've placed a couple other Steel Army artifacts. So they're on display there at Bulldog Pub. Uh, we want to kind of christen that properly, and then uh, get everyone together on the on the twenty first down at Bulldog uh, to watch. Uh, what well, is always a pretty decent game those those Tampa and Pittsburgh games. Tampa, a team that is is uh, on the skids a little bit right now, so maybe a good time to take advantage of that as long as they're still you know suffering um, poor poor form uh, two weeks from now. But uh, that's about it on, on upcoming Army events. We do have some more stuff down the pipeline once summer hits proper, but uh, we're in a nice flow of, of watch parties and, and tailgates.
1: Oh, yeah. That's way I like it.
0: Damn straight. So as we come to the end of the program, uh, as we ask every week, Logan, and I have one question for you. What did we learn tonight? Surprise surprised you still ask for that.
1: Uh, do you know that you... like? With, with uh, fast food soft drinks that like you can't drink enough to make a fast food place lose money on drinks.
0: I assume that's always the case, yeah.
1: Yeah, so like your body cannot retain enough liquid um to for them to lose money. That's why like drinks are always 99 cents. But anyways, that's all I know. So that's what you get tonight.
0: All right, I like it. Um, I I wow, well, I don't even know what the what the follow up with. Uh, what did I learn tonight?
1: I try- I try to keep you on your toes, and yes, no, me, I, L- 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 no,
0: I, I, that's why I'm I'm putting in the in the for a while I didn't put that question in the rundown. Um, I'm, I'm specifically putting in there so we can have these. these <laughs> ones, it's like the old school moment of Zen. Uh, exactly. I learned, man. I, I did. I learned stuff in prep for the show, but I didn't learn it during the show itself. So I don't even know if 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 I'm allowed to say that. Um. Yeah, I don't even know. Um. I'm passing. I'm passing on this week. It's my question. I'm still passing. Right. That's terrible. I just we sorry. We'll give you. Give can't me a have great air. All right. All right. All right. Any any loss. Last, uh, last thoughts for the uh, for the boys and girls out there, Logan.
1: Nope. No. None. I won't be there Saturday. Unfortunately, I have a commitment. So make it loud. Make it rowdy. Three points, and uh, hopefully we'll have a, uh, a chipper podcast. Hopefully uh, uh, a lot of us in the uh, the houndsy uh stratosphere got some stuff going on so hopefully in the next week we can bring uh bring some more people on so uh get you you know get vesty back on uh yak yeah, get everybody back on so
0: we have to have like uh, a like a a third of the way through the season type of just get every, all five all five of us get all the voices on there and just let it be mass pandemonium but yeah, that is uh that I'm is not, not tonight because tonight is coming to a close and we would like to thank the Beautiful Game Network for providing the online hosting of Hounsey. Check out the Wealth of Soccer content being produced weekly at bgn.fm. The Hounsey theme music was composed and performed by Rockman and the Space Babies. Check them out facebook.com spacebabiespgh. The show is produced by Joe Majorak. Email the show at steelarmypgh at gmail.com and put podcasts in the subject line. All complaints about the show can be sent to nick.noble at mail.wvu.edu. Thank you for listening, and we'll be back again soon.